Hello everyone, how are you this beautiful day, this beautiful morning that the Lord has made? I'm Karen Jane Casey on the podcast, Turn to God with Karen. This is where we find encouragement through our struggles and our challenges. We share what we've learned along the way, and we always know that we can turn to God about anything. It doesn't matter how big or small our problems is. problems are, we can turn to Him. Please know that during this 10 to 15 minute episode, I'm not going to be judging you, lecturing down at you, or preaching at you because I'm just sharing my journey and I'm still on it. We learn together and I encourage you to share what you've learned. So we're continuing what we started at the beginning of the year with the word focus. Focus on the Lord and our life in Jesus Christ instead of on the distractions of this world. And there are many distractions, aren't there? And it's important to walk in love as we remain focused and remembering the greatest commandment, which is to love our Creator, the one who has unfailing love towards us, to love our neighbors, our, those in need, as we do ourselves in a balanced way. And then Jesus tells us to even love our enemies. We build upon the focus on the Lord and love and look at issues, problems that may, you know, serve to trip us up along our journey. And when, in the month of March, we covered some of those problems such as facing the unknown, which is something very prevalent, unfortunately, in this day and time. And then in April, we had a series on Christ crucified and he arose. And we asked many questions. If you haven't heard or seen past podcasts, I encourage you to go back at Karen Jane Casey on YouTube or on audio at buzzsprout.com. So during the month of May, we're going to have another series, and this is going to be what can we learn from some of the women who lived during biblical times. Last week, uh, we looked at the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, also known as the woman at the well. As you may know, when confronted with Jesus, she repented of her sinful life, and she became a believer. She witnessed for Jesus. To many people and they ultimately were added to his kingdom. From that we can ask ourselves, will I let my light shine? Anyway, today's episode is from the book of Esther in the Old Testament. As we talk about Esther today, please know that there are many, many absolutely fascinating stories in the Bible, a history about real people and real events. And the story of Esther is so compelling. I don't want to miss out on very much of it, but I'm going to kind of summarize chapter by chapter. So bear with me. In chapter 1, we read about a generous and wealthy king, Ashuras, of Persia, having a long-lasting and grand feast. And the queen, Vastishi, also had great feasts for the women, separate. On the seventh day of the feast, when the king's heart was merry, he ordered his seven enunchs to bring the queen before him, wearing her royal crown and show her beauty to all. He wanted to show her off. But in verse 12, But when Queen Vashidi refused to come, therefore the king's anger burned in him. That's like being slapped in the face, isn't it? Her refusal was disrespectful and likely an embarrassment before his guests. 
The king, as according to verses 15 through 20, decided that he could not ignore her obvious disrespect because she could become an example to all the other women in the country. So the king had his Queen Vasidi dethroned. So then in chapter 2, the king made a choice of many virgin maidens and selected Esther to be among the contestants, kind of like a next round, to become his queen. In verse 10, Esther didn't share that she was Jewish. Mordecai, her uncle, had charged her not to do that. So the king did not even know that she was of the Jewish faith or the Jewish family. So Esther began a 12-month beautification process with these other women, an elaborate process. In verse 14, we see that each woman went to the king in the evening and then returned to another house in the morning, and he would grant them a request. Each woman could not see the king again unless he requested her to come back to him. So then in verse 15, when it was Esther's turn, she only requested to bring what the custodian had advised her to ask. In, in other words, I'm thinking the other women must have requested a whole lot more because they could. Esther obtained favor in the sight of, of the king and all who saw her. Let me repeat that. Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Verse 17, And the king loved Esther above all the women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen, Queen Esther. And the king made a great feast, calling it the Feast of Esther. So following this, Mordecai, her uncle, discovered a plot against the king. He was at the gate, and he happened to hear some of disgruntled Enoch's making a plan to lay hands on the king and to kill him. So Esther's uncle told her about this plot, and she warned the king. So this was confirmed, and the disgruntled Enoch's were all hanged. <laughs> and, that, and that report by Mordecai was then kind of overlooked. It kind of fell through the cracks. Then we get to chapter 3, and it tells what is, else is going on. And we need that information in order to get a full value of what Esther does that is so brave. Haman, the king's court, in the other king's court, had received a great promotion above all the princes who were with him. So Haman, you know, had this great position. And it was only Mordecai of all the servants who refused to bow down to him and pay homage. So Haman developed a hatred towards Mordecai and towards the Jewish people. And um, he cleverly proposed to the king a way to get rid of the Jews. So in verse 8, Haman weaves a tale to the king about the Jews, and Haman managed to get the king to make a decree that would end up going against the Jews. He was just allowing Haman to do as he wished. So... There was. Haman had permission to destroy all the Jews from the king. In chapter 4, Esther agrees to help the Jews because Mordecai tells her about this proclamation. And this is where we begin to learn what it is that Esther did that was so strong and brave. Mordecai shared with her, of course, what was transpiring with Haman and the king. 
the hope that Esther would go to the king and plead for her people. Well, it wasn't that simple. Esther reminded Mordecai that anyone entering the court without first being called by the king could have been instantly killed. And she hadn't been called for over 30 days. So, you know, this is a major dilemma. Is he going to call for her in time? How could she plead for her people? She couldn't go to him without being called or she may be killed. So and then verse 13 through 14, Mordecai's response is significant. And it's significant for us today. It's significant then and now. For such a time as this. For such a time as this. Have you ever heard that? What does that mean to you? She had an important, pivotal moment. Maybe that was why she even was on earth. Maybe that's why she wasn't, she was even became queen. For this moment, for this, such a time as this, Mordecai recognized that there is no accident, no coincidence that Esther had been placed in the position as a queen at such a time as this. The Jewish people, the lives of the Jewish people depended on what she did to save them. Esther had been at that uniquely prepared place by God for that very moment. She was brave, she was confident, and she didn't doubt herself. She didn't question her worthiness in or ability to succeed in this mission that she had. God had a plan for her, and she realized that it was her calling, her purpose to accomplish this for her people. She was faithful and strong as she carried it out, regardless of the risk to her own life. Esther commanded all the Jews to fast and pray to God. That's a good thing to do first. Fast and pray. And she said, I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Let me repeat that. I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So she was willing to risk her life. Chapter 5, Esther made certain that the king saw her standing in the inner court of his palace. That was important because he had to be the one to initiate her coming to him. When he did see her, she found favor in his sight, and he asked his queen what she wanted, her request, and he would give it to her. So let me read that part of chapter 5. Esther asked the king and Haman to come to a banquet she had prepared. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said to Esther at that banquet, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted to thee. What is thy request? Even if it was half the kingdom, it would be performed. Wow. And then Esther answered, My petition, my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king, let the king and Haman Come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do this tomorrow as the king has said. Hmm. So Queen Esther invited the king and Haman, who was the Jewish arch enemy, to a special banquet for just them. So she had her plan set out. But meanwhile, the plot thickens in another part. In verses 9 through 14 of that same chapter, we have Haman's plot against Mordecai. Remember, he hates Mordecai because he wouldn't bow down to him. He hates the Jews. And he wanted to see Mordecai be hanged 
in the gallows. And so he begins preparing for it. Because remember, the king had told him he could do whatever he wanted. So he would suggest to the king that morning to hang Mordecai and then enjoy that special banquet. Well, what could stop that? Chapter 6, that night. The king couldn't sleep, so he began to read the records. That's not a coincidence. That was perfect timing of God, orchestrated by God. So the king read about Mordecai's report to save the king, and it's like, wow. And in verse 3, the king said, What honor and dignity has been done to Mordecai for this? Then the king's servants responded, Well, nothing's been done for him. So Haman came along, and the king asked him, How should I honor a man? Well, so of course, Haman thought, Oh, he's going to honor me, so let me tell him some elaborate thing. So he named off an elaborate, great recognition, and then to his surprise, the king said, uh, ordered Haman to do that for Mordecai. So that kind of put aside his whole plan to kill Mordecai. In fact, he's going to have to recognize him. Can you imagine that? Anyway, chapter 7. So while at the banquet, the king again told Queen Esther that he would grant her request up to half the kingdom. And this is her response. And I'm reading parts of verses 3 through 6 of chapter 7. Then Esther the queen answered, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, let my life be given me at, at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to be perished. Then the king answered, Who is he? And where is he that presumes in his heart to do this? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is the wicked Haman. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes, the king found out about the gallows that were meant for Mordecai and ordered Haman to be hung there instead. And there's more to the story in the following chapters. Haman's ten sons were also hung and Mordecai became second to the king pretty much taking Haman's place. The entire story would have been different if Queen Esther had not been brave. Her people would have been destroyed, and she had decided to step up. Thank God she decided to step up. When such a time as this had come, she stepped up. I love that dramatic biblical story. How about you? So this brings us to the question for each and every one of us. What is my purpose today, now? What am I supposed to be doing for such a time as this? Has the Lord laid something on your heart to do? Are you brave and courageous enough to do it? We each have something unique to do, that's for sure. And we are called to do something to bring increase to the Lord's kingdom, always to His glory. Will you step up to this Step up to the plate to do what the Lord is calling you to do for such a time as this. So, there was a time in my life when I was desperately lost, hurting, and afraid. And I suffered from various abuses, child abuse, domestic violence, and then abuse by toxic people. 
I grieved over the loss of loved ones, and I had I have had back surgery, major back surgery. Can anyone resonate with some of these trials that come? But God worked miracles in my life. He rescued me. He delivered me time after time, and I never de- deserved it. When I came to Jesus, everything changed for me. I, w- I am never alone. He is always with me. I am healed. I have joy in my heart, replacing the brokenness and the pain and the suffering. I don't live in fear anymore. I have an awesome future with the Lord. This is what I want for every person. And so I share the good news of Jesus whenever the opportunity comes. The most awesome thing that you could do for yourself is to decide to come to Jesus, to develop a relationship with Him, or rededicate your life to Jesus. God's amazing love for us was demonstrated when He was willing to sacrifice His only Son for our sakes. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then Jesus Himself said in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. The path is clear. In 1 John 1, verses 9 and 10, as in other places, it talks about the importance of confessing. Confessing the Lord, confessing our sins out loud. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. So I encourage you right now, regardless of where you stand today in your relationship with the Lord, Please pray with me now and out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus is the only begotten Son, and I believe that Jesus suffered and died on the cross for me to pay for my sins. He died and He arose. In three days He arose from the grave and defeated death. But Lord, I'm a sinner. What can I do? Please forgive me. I repent of my sins. I walk away from my sinful life. I need help, Lord. Stand with me because I will be tempted. I need you, Jesus. I am hopeless without you. I ask you to come into my heart, and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I, out of gratitude and thankfulness, I will serve you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said this prayer, you are developing your relationship with Jesus. And I invite you to read and study the Word of God. Learn about Jesus, the character of Jesus, so you can be more and more like Him. Know of the promises that God has for you. Always praise, always obey, have gratitude for everything as you grow in your faith. And I encourage, make Jesus the Anointed One your focus in life and in in your ministry. His unfailing love. Rely upon the Lord to help you through all of your troubles. Finding peace and joy despite the chaos around you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Well, I want to thank you for joining me in this episode of Turn to God with Karen. I am Karen Jane Casey, author, speaker, podcaster, domestic violence um, victim 
advocate, ambassador for Christ. Stay tuned for Turn to God with Karen every Monday morning at 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I invite you to share your comments and your suggestions at my website, KarenJaneCasey.com. And just know that all feedback is appreciated. When you go to my website, you'll see books, blogs, podcasts, and even some resource material regarding domestic violence. Well, thank you and God bless.